Hello, hello. It's Tony here from TonyCollis.com. Welcome back to the show. I am here today to talk about all the things you need, as always, to be a great leader as a woman in tech. My passion is changing the world of tech by having a more diverse leadership. This is this is why I do what I do, right? I love coaching and I love teaching and I love talking about leadership. But actually why I do what I do is because I fundamentally believe the human race needs better technology. And I fundamentally believe that the technology sector is not as capable as it can be of delivering that technology because it isn't diverse. <laughs> and so I bring together my passion for leadership, teaching and coaching with my passion for better tech. And that's why I do what I do. And today's episode is really like elevating that to a whole new level. So I want to continue my discussion about using coaching as part of your leadership toolkit. Today, I'm going to dive into how coaching makes you a better leader, precisely what happens to you and therefore your career when you start using coaching as a skill rather than just receiving coaching. If you're working with someone like me or another coach, when you start using coaching, what happens to you? How does that impact you personally? And it might not be what you think because it isn't just about your team doing better. I've talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about why coaching is so powerful for your team. We now understand why coaching holds tremendous value for both leaders and team members alike. But I want to continue this series and shift the discussion to how it makes you a better leader because of what happens inside you. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis, and this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. But before we get started, I do have some exciting news to share. We are offering, as a company, a special masterclass series for all leaders who are thinking about how to add coaching to their toolkit. So kind of what I've been discussing for the last couple of episodes, whether you want to use this to up-level your leadership or indeed step into a full or part-time role as a coach, this masterclass might be the thing for you and it's completely free. I just fundamentally believe it's so good to incorporate coaching in what we do as leaders that I just wanted to put this out there. So if you're curious about coaching and want to start using the tools I use every day in my coaching programs, and everything I do as a coach, then I want you to head over to tonycollis.com forward slash masterclass to sign up. But let's get back to today's topic. As a leader, at times you are going to face within yourself and within others, limiting beliefs, imposter syndrome that prevents us from stepping up to our full potential, prevents others from stepping up to their full potential. Which by the way, one of the things I find so curious is when imposter syndrome manifests as arrogance or anger or bad behavior. I think as women, we often think that imposter syndrome comes across as low confidence. It doesn't in everybody. <laughs> low confidence can come across as really bad behavior, toxic behavior, arrogance, all that. That can be imposter syndrome, believe it or not. One of the things I love to talk about when I train coaches is how to handle this. Like, how do you, one, diagnose it, if, if it's anger or if it's something else, like, how do you diagnose what's going on? And then what do you do with that information? Now, as you've known, if you've been around here for a while, I talk about imposter syndrome and limiting beliefs a lot. <laughs> Having that negative inner voice, the one that attacks our confidence, inner critic, makes us doubt ourselves, 
shows up in so many different aspects of our lives, whether it's work and our relationships, or even when we look at ourselves in the mirror, right? And we're like, oh my God, look at you. You're just hideous, all that kind of stuff. Actually, on that topic, one of the things I get some of, some of my executives to do uh, when they come and work with me in my high touch um, one-on-one coaching for just a couple of months to like really triage something. If one of the issues they, they are struggling with is presenting at boards, a lot of these women, a lot, I don't have many of these women at this level because I only can take two at a time. It's very, very high touch on my part. So I really limit it. But one of the common things is they're presenting at the board level and they are just struggling with that. And I will get them to record themselves speaking. Not just at the board because that might be confidential, but speaking. And oh my goodness me, none of them want to do it. <laughs> and I get that. When I started this podcast, I edited, I think, my first eight episodes. I thought, oh my God, this is so painful. There's nothing like editing your own episodes to like get over how you sound. So <laughs> shout out to Brett, my amazing editor who makes me sound great every week. I don't sound like this. This takes touching up and making me sound better and polished. But also with video, I've been doing videos in my training programs for a long time. And up until very recently, I edited everything myself. And I had to get over what I sounded like and what I looked like. I really did. And so although I have all these clients, like, oh, I really don't want to do that. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be hideous. I'm like there is nothing like going through that pain to come out the other side and actually be better at able to critique yourself in a valid way. So just side note there. If you're struggling with that, record yourself or at least share a recording with a coach who can coach you through that. But when we feel that we're not good enough, our goals and our accomplishments are not worthy. It's a constant battle that holds us from reaching our full potential. But becoming a coach can help you learn how to self-coach yourself. And this is what I'm really getting at in today's episode, self-coaching. This is not a replacement for coaching, by the way. I'm going to come to that in a minute. But learning how to self-coach and navigate through these limiting beliefs and imposter is so profound. Self-coach through, I've got to take uncomfortable action here. How am I going to do that? Now, many amazing women leaders I've had the privilege to train as coaches have said that one of the most profound benefits of training to be a coach is better understanding how to coach ourselves through those tough times. And I mean, these women, they're just incredible. We've actually got an interview that I've already recorded that is coming up at some point this month. I'm not sure when it's going live, when I am going to talk to a couple of these women who've been through my coach training program and what it's done for them, how they've changed how they're operating and how they are then incorporating that in their day-to-day behaviors as leaders. And I too found that when I started becoming a coach, that I fundamentally believe having a coach is non-negotiable. It is totally non-negotiable for my career now. I won't not have a coach. It's just I have three coaches at this precise moment of time. I've had one amazing coach for the entire time I've had a business, but I bring in other coaches as I need specialisms. But even though coaching is non-negotiable, what I and these other women that I have now trained to become coaches have all noticed is that when you're trained as a coach yourself, even when you receive coaching, you just reach new heights of what's possible. It's like it unlocks a whole new level of you. Knowing how coaching works provides us with both the tools to deal with and that negative inner voice and replace it with a more empowering mindset. You catch yourself before your coach needs to, right? Which means that the coaching conversations take you to a whole different level. The tools you learn to become a coach allow you to recognize your strengths without that dialogue of like, oh, that's not valid, all that kind of stuff, that negative inner talk. Challenge that self-doubt. Build the confidence needed to achieve huge, scary, but exciting goals. Deal with ambiguity better, 
all the things that we need to do, all that executive presence piece. I would say my executive presence is so much better as a coach than it ever was as an executive. Hands down. (laughs) Coaching has given me that self-awareness to pull myself into the personality I need to hold that presence in the room and bring everybody along with me. So if you're in a leadership role, you no doubt want to see you and your team succeed, right? That's part of the pure joy of being a coach. It's your job as a leader to encourage and guide your team towards their goals and visions. And if you seek to take a coaching approach in your leadership, you're able to help your team find their own personal capabilities while becoming better leaders and themselves finding their own leadership voices. And as we discussed in previous episodes, this is a huge part of what Learn to Be a Coach is about. But we're also talking about allowing you to have an expanded set of goals and vision and to not be intimidated by it. So to understand your true capabilities and be a better leader, simply by knowing how to have a productive inner dialogue with yourself, practice some self-coaching, just unlocks so much. When you become a coach to really level up and be extraordinary, you have to work on you first because you have to be able to show up to a coaching session without your brain getting in the way. I was actually mentoring some coaches this week. These are qualified coaches. They're doing their own coaching in their own way. And I, you know, they come and work with me once a month just to get mentored through how to deal with difficult situations. And one of the conversations we had this week was, I've got this stuff going on in my personal life and I don't want it to impact my coaching. How how do I deal with that? How do I compartmentalize that? And that is part of the skill we do as coaches. And guess what? That's executive presence as well. In that as much as we want to be transparent and we want to be authentic, there are certain things that are just going to get in the way. They're too raw in us. And although we need to tell a few people so that they empathize with us, it's not useful for your entire company to know. In fact, you don't want the entire company to know. How do you deal with that? Well, it's about learning how to compartmentalize. And as leaders, becoming a better coach is this essential skill to allowing that compartmentalization which is executive presence as well. It's about honing our skills and guiding and inspiring our team towards their full potential. Remember that by applying coaching techniques, we cultivate deeper connections with our team, right? You're going to strengthen active listening, psychological safety, empathy, understanding, not just between you and them, but between each other as well. This leads to that increased productivity, engagement, and overall success. But learning to add value to your life and to the lives of the people you coach really is about understanding how to better address the tensions within ourselves, addressing that constant work-life balancing act, about how you can be ambitious, but you're also right here, focusing on the gain, not just the gap. You're going to be more excited about adding new skills and how to add value to your team just simply because you're living in this more present place. And you'll be able to coach your team in exactly the same skills that you've been teaching them. And it's, it's about recognizing this continuum of, here's where I teach, here's where I mentor and here's where I coach. Why do I apply which skill when and with who? And it isn't that you just have one person who just needs coaching and one person needs teaching. It'll be like this one person in front of you needs teaching right now, coaching in five minutes time and a whole load of delegation down the line, right? And coaching really allows you to embody this awareness of what is going on within you and within the person in front of you. A leader who embodies coaching, whether these skills are taught by me or by someone else, pretty much consistently performs better in their careers. They have improved communication skills because they are more empathetic to what's going on in the room. They create more solid relationships, again, because of empathy, but also just self-awareness and awareness of the situation. They're better able to read the room. They have that better self-awareness because of the skills they hone and refine 
as they become better coaches, which in turn creates a motivating drive among the team to take action. So you're able to help your team find their way rather than giving solutions or direction and there's a problem. You don't unpick that problem. You coach them in how to unpick that problem themselves. Now, I talked a couple of episodes ago about the reverse neutral forward cycle, and I want to dig into that a little bit more here. You're going to learn in the upcoming interview I just mentioned before that this has been viewed as the biggest game changer in my coach training program. Now, I think it's viewed as that game changer because of all the pieces that allow you to operate it, but I kind of want to just give you an overview of how this works. The reverse neutral forward cycle is a framework I developed when I first started working as a mentor, so even before I started coaching. Over the years, I've honed and refined how it operates so that now I teach today the framework I use on a daily basis with my clients. So I teach in my coach training program, the Ignite Coach Academy, I teach new coaches how to use exactly what I do in my coaching, exactly what all my coaches in Lift Up Leadership Academy, they all do the same thing. So what has worked is when we're stuck in reverse in the first part of the framework, we're caught in this negative self-reinforcing negativity spiral. It's that feeling of being stuck where everything seems to work against us and we lack clarity, we lack energy. This state often accompanies self-doubt and even depression. It's crucial to recognize when you're in this mode and to find a way to shift to the second part, neutral. Neutral is a state of curiosity and openness. It's when we go into the space of letting go of judgment, we're receptive to new possibilities. We don't fall into the trap of I've already tried that or they've already tried that or that won't work. It is just about possibility rather than shutting things down. If you're shutting it down, you're in reverse. In this state, you really see opportunities and start thinking about what actions you could take. It's important to stay in neutral without slipping back into that reverse of judgment, of negativity, of it won't work or that, as that will hinder the progress. And so part of coaching is pulling people back into neutral. They, they were in reverse, you got them into neutral and then you start discussing the opportunities in front of them. They fall back into reverse and fall back into that negativity. Your job as a coach is to pull them back. There are ways to do that. And then there's forward, the third part of this particular framework. When we're in forward, we enter a positive self-reinforcing cycle. I like to call it sparkle mode because everything seems to align and work in our favor. We've chosen an opportunity. We've made progress on it and we feel empowered. You need to go through neutral. This is a mistake some people make. They think they can go from reverse to forward. It doesn't work. If you do that, you're going to go be straight back in negative, negativity land, <laughs> reverse, very, very quickly. You have to go through that opportunity dialogue with yourself in neutral in order to make full progress in forward in sparkle mode. And in my mind, the primary goal of coaching is to identify where in the framework this person is with whatever you're coaching them on. And you can coach them entirely in forward. And there it's really about mindset all the time. But you need to see, are they in reverse? Are they in neutral? Are they in forward? And by the way, you may well find that they are in forward, but then they just have a little moments when they're back in reverse. Or they've slipped back into neutral and still want to explore opportunities. They're not really fully engaged in forward. It's really about knowing how to help this person have the right mindset, support their actions, embrace the unknown, avoid that self-doubt or distraction and fully commit to their goals. And by the way, this applies to you too. Noticing where you are in reverse neutral forward is so empowering. Like, oh, my brain's there. Thank you very much, brain. So you, you may find that someone seems to be in forward and they're taking great action. They're making good decisions. Part of coaching is identifying why they might be stuck in one small area of that in back in reverse or neutral. 
On the surface, we can seem to be in forward, but underneath there's something much deeper going on that is hindering that forward momentum, causing some ambiguity, stalling decision-making, um, perfectionism maybe creeps in, all these kind of things that are unhelpful. That's those little indicators. There's something else going on. That one little piece of them is stuck back in reverse or neutral. And that's when the true power of what we do as coaches can have an incredible impact. Of course, I've worked with many leaders who are stuck in negative thoughts or reverse, right? They come to me, they're spending basically 90% of their time there. They lack confidence, have a constant inner critic, simultaneously frustrated and angry. You can hold both, by the way. Frustrated, angry, the lack of progress, but feeling stuck and thinking, oh, maybe this is all justified and I should leave the industry and let go of my ambition. But then the burnout comes in because you've got that ambition gap between, you know, I think I need to stay here because I believe what everybody's saying but I'm a bit ambitious and I want to be up here or I can't be ambitious because I've got family and if I'm up here, then I'm going to have to work harder and I don't want to sacrifice that. That ambition gap causes so much stress and therefore burnout. It's incredible the amount that that ambition gap can do it in terms of damage. But then there are the leaders who aren't in this state, right? So I often start with people in that state, but they are in neutral or forward. They're gung-ho. They're amazing. They come to work with me because they're like, I need the next level. I'm like, okay, cool so excited for you. But they have some subtle symptoms that are holding them back from their full potential. Coaching is about uncovering those subtle hidden issues that we hide even from ourselves. As a leader, it's not about jumping to conclusions about why your team isn't performing the right way or the missed deadlines or they seem to drop the ball. And you might be wanting to dig into micromanagement, fall into that trap. But here's the thing, when you instead pause and you said focus on moving them from reverse neutral forward, identify what's going on that means there's a little bit of them back in reverse or neutral. When you do that, your team and your own potential because of what your team's doing skyrockets. If you do one thing off the back of this episode, here's what I'd love for you to do. When you or your team are experiencing negative thoughts, I want you to think about how can I move to a non-judgmental neutral space where things open up and more beneficial decisions can be made without judgment, without that negative inner voice. That's what I want you to do. Look out for those negative thoughts with your team, look out for negative behaviors and then ask questions that move into that neutral space. That's it. I would love you to give that a go. (laughs) Now, before I move on to this week's mindset moment where I'm going to discuss that a little bit more, let's talk a little bit more about the masterclass that I'm running in late August, early September. This is a two-part masterclass and we're going to talk about elevating your leadership impact with coaching, fostering deeper connections. Maybe if you want to become a coach, what does that look like? Overcome the unique challenges basically that we as women leaders, but also as anybody working with a team that has any minority members, we're going to discuss that a little bit because you do need a slightly different style of coaching. As someone who has worked extensively with women in tech, it's been my passion for more than a decade. I understand the importance of tailored coaching that addresses their specific experiences, but this applies to any underrepresented group, any underrepresented minority. They need a different kind of coaching. And the impact of coaching obviously goes far beyond this group. But if you can learn how to coach underrepresented groups and apply those same techniques to men, the amount of empathy and inclusion that is going to benefit this industry is immense. So I want you to envision this for a second. You as a leader who has mastered the art of coaching, you enhance your leadership impact by inspiring and guiding your team members towards their full potential. You're building these deep connections, you nurture relationships, you build active listening, empathy and effective communication into everything that you do. 
collaboration and innovation are just flourishing under your guidance. There's this inclusive and creative environment around you. And you confidently self-coach yourself through challenges, empowering yourself and leaving a lasting impact. If together we truly want to transform tech, we need more women in leadership just like you to bring their diverse perspectives, to tackle complex problems, to raise the voice of the unheard in the room and providing support. As a coach, you can do that for the unheard voices and reshape the industry's culture and behavior for better. So whether you're interested in exploring coaching to apply it in your current role, or if you're a woman in tech passionate about helping others, maybe setting your own coaching business one day, this masterclass is an absolute must attend. As I said, there is a massive gap in the coaching industry around coaching for women and other underrepresented groups. And together, I truly hope that we can bridge this gap and be part of the solution. So make sure you go ahead and secure your spot on this free masterclass, tonycollis.com forward slash masterclass. It is a two-parter. I really want you to come to both parts, which is why we're announcing it now. So you've got lots of time to get that in your calendar, but places are limited. So go and reserve your spot, put it in your calendar and just show up, show up for it, engage with it, change the way you operate because you're here to change the world. But as I promise, let's get back to this week's mindset tip. When you are personally frustrated by your team and you know you want to help, but they're holding themselves up, that means they're probably in reverse. So I want you to catch yourself before you fall into that micromanagement trap. Micromanagement basically never works as an antidote to poor performance. And yet it's something we do over and over and over again because we are not able to deal with the situation. So self-coaching moment for you. Stop with the micromanagement tendencies. Notice when you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm really uncomfortable here. I need to micromanage. You won't say that. You're just like, I need to be more in the weeds here with them and all that. Stop yourself. That is not going to help them or you. Instead, ask some questions about how the person in front of you is feeling about their work. They might not resonate with the word feeling. You might want to dig into confusion. Are they confused about what's been asked of them? Are they feeling overwhelmed? Have they got too many people asking stuff from them? Maybe they don't know what's prioritized. Are they exhausted? Are they experiencing ambiguity in what is being asked of them? Do they not know how to deal with ambiguity? Just because it's their job description doesn't mean they know how to deal with it. Are they getting competing priorities? Or do they have an inner dialogue telling them they aren't good enough? The key thing is to uncover why they are stuck in reverse and then try and help them identify how to get the go of their emotions to move into neutral. Give this a go and let me know how you get on. Leave a comment on YouTube or head over to LinkedIn and drop me a message. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, of course, please hit subscribe, leave a comment, a review, and then always please, please share with anyone you think might find this useful. Your support helps us meet more extraordinary leaders and as a result helps change a lot of tech for you and the other women in the room and for the human race. But until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.